Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. All right, we have uh, Sue's News coming up after the top of the hour. Victoria Marshall from The Federalist is coming up in the four. Also, Phil Holloway, Fox News legal analyst. Right now, our good friend Scott Jennings, who... Will you be on set tonight on CNN trying to keep that gang sane, or is that not your assignment? How are you? I'm great, and yes, I'm in New York. I'll be out there with Anderson Cooper from 8 p.m. Eastern to 1 a.m. Eastern uh, before, during, and after the State of the Union. I I can't even watch, Jennings. I really can't. I mean, I'll catch up on some of the. I'll watch you afterwards and see what you say because— and it really isn't a partisan thing for me. I just can't take these things. You probably— you know, have you ever been in the room for one of them? In the chamber? No, I, I never have, uh, actually. Uh, certainly watched them always, and for the last several years I've had to sit and watch from a TV set and comment on it. Um, truthfully, I think if Joe Biden had just sent over like an email to the Congress and said, hey, here's the State of the Union, and uh, that's all I'm doing, he'd probably have like an 80% approval rating tomorrow. So, <laughs> Well, I referenced this earlier. I didn't realize that um, even though I was alive back then, in 1981, Jimmy Carter just sent, basically didn't send an email, didn't have it, right? He just sent, you know, uh, a, a script of 33,000 words, and that was the State of the Union. Didn't have all the television and stuff like that. What would be wrong with that, right? N- nothing. I mean, the president is only mandated in the Constitution to provide a report. doesn't say he has to make a speech. I think I read a and I said the New York Times this week, somebody was proposing that they do something more produced. I mean, truthfully, he could send over a written document to Congress, produce a television show, which I'm sure that all the networks would air. And it would be far more compelling television than, you know, what you're going to get uh, out of this thing tonight. I, I, I think this power of the State of the Union to change public opinion uh, has long since vanished. And I don't think he's going to be able to do or say anything tonight. Absent one thing, which he ought to do. Announce to the American people he's not running for re-election. If he did that, it would be a total uh, game-changing moment for the country. But absent that, there's nothing he can do tonight to change public opinion. You think McCarthy and the staff have been doing a little shopping? It's hard to find ties these days, but if you could find a tie with some balloons on them, I think it would be perfect (laughs) for the event tonight, right? I saw Marjorie Taylor Greene, a picture of her earlier. She was walking the hallways of the Congress with a large white helium balloon on a string, so... We'll see if uh, we'll see if somebody uh, brings one into the chamber. All right, but Jennings, on a serious note, here I am on Friday afternoon, and 
by the start of the show, I think right around when we started at 3, it was already coming across into our area, and people were sending pictures. By 4.15, Congresswoman Wagner was texting me, trying to get a hold of me, and Fred was out. So we were trying to get her on, and she came on. She was so pissed because she's seeing it out here in West St. Louis County in the suburbs. So it's, it's fun and everything to make fun of it and talk about the balloon, but I'm still very confused by the, uh, the response or the lack of response. And, of course, I saw a bunch of the talking points on Saturday morning from Joe Scarborough and others on the left saying, see how wise the president is. We didn't shoot it down and we'll have all this information from the balloon. And then they just blew it up anyway. Yeah, I just uh, right before we went on the air, um, I'll just read this. Senator John Cornyn, he's part of the gang of eight in Congress, and they got a secure briefing this afternoon. And he came out and said the Biden administration knew they could shoot down the Chinese balloon as it hovered near Alaska and the Aleutian Islands. Of course, it went from Alaska and then through Canada all the way down through the middle of the country, over Missouri, over western Kentucky, where I'm from, and, and finally they shot it down over the ocean. They could have done it when it was over the uh, islands off of the coast of Alaska, and they chose not to. W- whatever you believe, whether it was smart or dumb to, to let it fly, what's true is it's a huge embarrassment. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. there's no other way. Yeah. I sat on TV last night with some people, and they were trying to make this argument how wise it was and whatever it's a it's an embarrassment the chinese government sent a stupid balloon flew all the way over the united states and it and it looked like the president was paralyzed by a balloon i mean it's it's a total embarrassment and now you're going to have people coming out of this briefing today saying we could have taken care of it several days ago before it ever went over anything serious it's an embarrassment well i the thing that i guess i'm confused about more than anything is if if maybe he didn't do this but he says he told the military, give, give them the green light to shoot it down, right? And then they say it's not a good there, – there's something that's just not right with that. I mean, he's the commander-in-chief. Do you give an order? Do you seek advice? I mean, I'd listen to the generals if I was president. Thankfully, I'll never have to, you know, confront that. But why would the generals say don't shoot it down? That, that doesn't make sense either. Well, I think, you know, they have certain operating protocols, I guess, regarding what military operations they conduct in American airspace. They, I think – you know, from what I read, made an early judgment that it didn't have offensive weapons on it. So query whether they had clearance to shoot it down. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe some of them did think they could mine some information out of it. That's not an invalid thought. I will just ask this question. If we sent a balloon to China and they detected it, do you think they would let it fly no. across the entirety of their country before shoot? Of course not. Of course not. They would shoot it down immediately. And I think the average American, I mean, look, there's a lot of game theory here and second guessing and armchair quarterbacking. But I think the average American's like, no, if we look up and the Chinese have a balloon, yeah, let's just go ahead and shoot it and figure out what to do with it then. What was your um, – well, let me let me back up a little bit here uh, on Kevin McCarthy and the start that he's had. And I want to get into the um, Congresswoman Omar kicking her off foreign affairs. I think it was appropriate. Obviously, you had tears and, and all kinds of drama on the floor of the House with uh, – you know, her colleagues, including AOC and Cori Bush the other day. And um, your thoughts on that, I guess, Scott. On Omar, I think I think it was a righteous vote. Uh, I think she's an anti-Semite. I think I think anti-Semitism is on the rise in this country. I think it's on the rise around the world. And I think on Sunday, last Sunday, when she and Adam Schiff and um, uh, Swalwell went on State of the Union on CNN to whine about what's being done to them, you know, she sat there and got asked some questions about her statements about 
uh, Jewish people in Israel and sat there with a straight face and told Dan Abash, well, I didn't even know those were Jewish tropes. I didn't know Jewish tropes existed. That, that, that someone, more than just a little bit strained credibility. Yeah. Oh, well, number one, it's, it's baloney. And number two, what was also crazy about that, Adam Schiff, who is Jewish himself, was sitting right there and did nothing. But for her to sit there with a straight face after all the things she has said about uh, using the anti-Semitic tropes to claim she didn't even she was not even aware that there's been anti-Semitism or anti-Semitic tropes in the world. I mean, that 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 if, if that let's just get let's take her at face value. If that's true, that's disqualifying on its face because you're obviously not a sentient human being. Like you don't <laughs> you know like you you don't have the intelligence to sit on a serious committee. It's baloney. It's crap. You cannot harbor anti-Semitism. You cannot harbor these tropes. You cannot countenance this kind of hatefulness towards a group of people and then expect to be rewarded for it. But that's exactly her expectation. She also denigrates this country all the time. It's like how terrible this country is. She's in her 30s. She came here from nothing, from a foreign country, became a citizen, and now is in Congress. She's had a pretty pretty good run of it here in the United States, but has the audacity to tell the rest of us what a terrible country yeah, this it's, is? It's ridiculous. Crazy. I've, I've got no patience for her. So what did you think about the New York Times piece? I love on Sunday you're reading this piece about, you know, the administration and Kamala Harris. It's for about four or five paragraphs. It's about how Kamala's frustrated and, you know, she's trying to come up with what to say to this teacher's union. And then she corrects her speech. She's got a more spirited version. Then they finally get to the crux of the issue that we've been talking about for a long time. But the pain reality for Ms. Harris is that in private conversations over the past few months, dozens of Democrats in the White House on Capitol Hill and around the nation, including some who helped put her on the party's ticket, said she had not risen to the challenge of proving herself as the future leader of the party, much less the country. Jennings, we've talked about this for two years now. And you know as well as I do that everybody talks about it behind the scenes. The New York Times finally puts this in print. What's the reaction inside the Beltway? Yeah, well, I think the reaction is nobody thought she was all that talented to begin with. Most of all, the voters in the Democratic primary. I mean, she lasted in the Democratic primary for president for like five minutes. It was inexplicable. Well, maybe it was explicable, but it was dumb when Joe Biden put her on the ticket with the results of putting a very mediocre person on the ticket. This, of course, is all a huge pressing problem because if he runs for reelection and were to somehow get reelected, he'll be 86 years old at the end of his next term. Even Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run again. And now they've realized his number two is not up to the challenge either. And so, I I mean, they're looking at a future where either they nominate an extremely old man or they have really no second option, no obvious second option if he determines he doesn't want to do it. It looks to me like they're going to nominate Biden, but 86 at the end of his next term, the vice president is hugely important. And Democrats realize they have an extraordinarily mediocre person in the job. He's not going to get rid of her, of course. So they're stuck with somebody who's just frankly not that good. I mean, I don't know who's worse uh, in front of a camera right now, Kamala Harris or Karine Jean-Pierre, who's the worst press secretary in the history of the title. I mean, they really do have a major problem with outbound communications in this White House, starting with Biden, his vice president, the press secretary, None of them are good at it. But it's really- so what I hear, though, is that, and this is what I hear from most people, that you just expect this to kind of roll on. At a certain point, he's going to have to announce that he's in this race or that he's not in this race. And that would probably have to come before the end of the summer, right? I would think so, unless 
you know, unless they think that, um, you know, they've got the, the calendar reconfigured to the point where he's not vulnerable. Uh, and by the way, if he does choose to run, I think there's virtually no way he won't be the nominee. I don't know how you would beat a sitting president uh, in a primary like this unless he just completely deteriorates even further. Well, which, that's, I mean, that's a possibility. It really is in, in a sad way because but but he may not feel the need to to file this campaign. I, I'm expecting him to run pretty soon. Uh, like I said, though, the I mean, look at the polling from the weekend. 60% of Democrats don't think he should run or they don't want him to be the nominee. That's a 70, number. 80% of the 70 or 80% of the American people don't want him or Trump to run. I mean, there is a clear market demand in the party and in the country for new people and acquiescing to it would be the best thing he could do for his party yeah. and for his country. He's not going to do it, but that would be smart. I saw your tweet on that. I retweeted that a couple of days ago. Scott Jennings, enjoy your time handicapping, reacting to the uh, State of the Union tonight on CNN. We'll talk soon. We'll talk baseball next time, too. That'll be fun. I'll talk to you later, Mark. We'll see you, Scott. Thank you. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. In case we haven't met, I'm Dino Colombo. I represent people hurt by a truck. It's what we do every day. Navigating the law can be tough, but we're tougher. Let us handle the fight. Hurt by a truck? Call Colombo Law.